0: Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at SIBLife.my. Good morning, church. Welcome home. It's so good to be back. Thanks for joining us this morning. God has been so good to us. Amen. If you have someone sitting next to you right now, I want you to give them a high five. No, but if you are watching alone, hey, drop a high five uh, emoji in the chat box, all right? Okay, I'm so glad that you make time for God this morning. Now, how many of you believe that God who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ? Come on. Yes, if you believe that, say amen. No matter what season you're in right now, God will reveal himself to you and touch your life this morning. Amen? Hallelujah! Let me take you back to the year 1863. One day, a poor boy by the name of Howard Kelly was selling goods door-to-door to pay his school fees. After a full day of working hard, he figured he had only a little bit of change left, but too little to get some food. So he hoped to end the day at least with some sales to get enough money for food and to save some for his school fees. So he was hoping for some kindness from the people living in the next house to give him a simple meal. As he approached the door and rang the bell, he was determined to not only ask for food but to make a sale at the end. However, he got nervous when when, when, when a lovely young woman opened the door. So instead of asking for a meal, he asked for a glass of water. Then the woman remembered seeing this young boy many times, working hard, going up and down the streets, knocking on the doors. She recognized him. Almost everyone in the neighborhood knew his story and that many times, instead of selling to people, he helped them with their chores. She thought he looked hungry. So she brought him a large glass of milk instead of water. So the young Howard Kelly drank it slowly and then asked, How much do I owe you, ma'am? The lady replied, You don't owe me anything. I know you help many people in your neighborhood. Mother has taught us that kindness is repaid with kindness. So he replied, "Then I thank you from my heart. As Howard Kelly left that house, he not only felt stronger physically, but his faith in God, and man was strong also. He had been ready to give up and quit, not because of the kindness of this young woman. Years later, that young woman became critically ill. The local doctors were confused, they didn't know how to treat her. So they sent her to the big city, where they called in specialists to study her rare disease. And guess what, Dr. Howard Kelly was called in for the consultation. When he heard the name of the town she came from, his eyes lit up, and immediately he ran down the hall of the hospital to her room. Dressed in his doctor's gown, he went to see her. He recognized her at once and remembered the kindness she, sh- she showed him many years ago and how much that helped him. He went back to the consultation room, determined to do his best to save her. From that day, he gave special attention to the case. After a long struggle, the battle was won. The woman got healed. Dr. Howard requested the business office to pass the final bill to him for approval. He looked at it, then he wrote something on the edge of of the bill, and then that bill was sent to her room. She feared to open it, for she was sure it would take the rest of her life to pay for it. Finally, she looked, and something caught her attention. On the side of the bill, she began to read the following words, Paid in full with one glass of milk, signed Dr. Howard Kelly. Now, like Dr. Howard Kelly, I believe each of us has received kindness from others before. It's a good thing to do. But we know, as followers of Christ, doing good to others is more than just a moral code of conduct. It is important for us to know and understand why we do what we do to other people. Amen. Now, in Romans chapter 13, verse 8 to 10, Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment, are summed up by this commandment, Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. but just here, Paul is teaching the Christians in Rome on how they should love their neighbor. Having a new identity in Christ, we ought to love one another as God loves us. And the type of love that is being referred to is agape love. In this verse, Paul talks about our obligation as Jesus' followers to love other people, including our neighbors, including our enemies. He seems to say that loving others is a debt we will never pay off. In other words, Paul is saying that we will never be done with paying love to each other. Paul is reflecting what Jesus said are the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love our neighbors, which is in Mark 12, verse 29-31. to Paul taught us that Christ-like love will naturally motivate us to keep all the other relationship commands in the law. So loving our neighbors is the unpayable debt that we all need to bear for the rest of our lives. So the title of today's message is the unpayable debt, the unpayable debt, or in Bahasa Malaysia hutang yang tak terlunas. So how can we continue to pay this unpayable debt? Now let's turn to Exodus chapter twenty-three, verse one to nine. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. You must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you are called to testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist the justice. And do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that has strayed away, take it back to its owner. If you see that the donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and help. Verse 6. In a lawsuit, you must not deny justice to the poor. Be sure never to charge anyone falsely with evil. Never sentence an innocent or blameless person to death. For I never declare guilty person to be innocent. Take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. You must not oppress foreigners. You know what it's like to be a foreigner, for you yourself were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. So church, based on these nine verses, I want to show you two ways how we can pay our unpayable debt. How can we show our love to our neighbors? Now, we are paying our unpayable debt by giving justice and mercy to our neighbors. our neighbor is not only someone who are close to us, but it is also includes our enemies. Verse 1 and 2 says, do not spread a false report, do not be malicious witness or lying on the witness stand. Do not join the crowd to do this justice. You know, notice that the context here is slightly different. It's a guideline for them, you know, for God's people, on how they should show justice and mercy to their neighbor during a trial. Now, because those days, whatever dispute they may have at that time will be resolved by an elected judge. There are 70 elders appointed by Moses, you can read in Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 to 30. Now, but in our modern context today, these 70 elders can be the magistrates, the judges, you know, the, the police uh, who investigate a case. Now, not only that, in our context today, these 70 elders can also be people who are in authority, people who are judging a dispute between one person to another person outside the court of law. For example, our parents, our boss, our supervisor, our pastors, our ministry leaders. A trial is a coming together of parties to a dispute to present the necessary information to determine the guilty party based on the facts. Whether we like or dislike the person, we ought to speak the truth. Amen. So spreading false reports is when we spread false news, unverified news when we gossip, when we slander another person. That's what it means by spreading false reports. Slander is a legal term that refers to a false oral statement about an individual that harms his or her reputation or standing within the community. Now I won't be talking much about slandering because I've touched on it in my previous sermon. But I want to talk about being a false witness. What does it mean? Lying on the witness stand. No. So a false witness is one who stands up and swears before others that something untrue is true. Now, especially with the intention of hurting someone else or ruining his reputation. Now, this happened to David. In Psalm chapter 27 verse 12, it happened to Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 verse 60, and happens to Stephen in Acts chapter 6 verse 13. When you become false witness, when you spread false report, you are associating yourself with the wicked. You are willing to do violence to others. You are sowing discord among brothers. And when you spread false report, you are like a violent weapon. Now, remember, church, we ought to love our neighbor, whether we like them or not, we are paying our love debt to our neighbor by giving justice to them, by telling the truth, even if you think that person is innocent. Which brings me to the third verse, which is connected to verse 6, 7, and 8. Verse 3 says, And do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. In a lawsuit, you must not deny justice to the poor. Verse 7 says, Be sure never to charge anyone falsely with evil. Never sentence an innocent or blameless person to death. For I never declare a guilty person to be innocent. Now here, God is telling us that whether the person is poor or rich, justice must be given to the right party. If the poor are proven guilty, he must be judged accordingly. However, if he's innocent, we must not deny justice to him. God wants us to stay clear of false accusation. Don't contribute to the death of innocent and good people. The same thing. God wants us you know, uh, to speak the truth. Do not slander. Don't gossip. Even if you don't like that person, if he is innocent, don't make any false accusation. Your colleague, your friends, the people in church, don't make false accusation against them even though you don't like them. Because you know what? God will hold you responsible. They are your neighbor. Proverbs 31 verse 9 says, Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Now the word poor here are not only referring to people who are poor financially, but also referring to people who are incapable of depending themselves for or all, all incapable of helping themselves. Leviticus chapter nineteen verse fifteen to sixteen. You shall do no injustice in court, you shall not be partial to the poor who or defer to the greed, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbour. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbour. I am the Lord." Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's move to verse 8. Verse 8 talks about bribes. Take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. Now, the same rule is repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 19. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. Now, judge. the negative effects of taking a bribe are clearly outlined in these two passages. Bribery perverts justice. It is a blinding influence upon wisdom and discernment. It clouds the truth and perverts or twists the words of those who would be righteous in the sight of God. Now, let's continue to verse 9. Verse 9 says, You must not oppress foreigners. You know what it's like to be a foreigner. For you yourself were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. Now, Strangers and foreigners are terms in the Bible that refer to anybody who was from another ethnic group but had chosen to live with the Jews in Israel. How about our context today? Now, in our context today, strangers and foreigners can be someone who are not from the same race and ethnicity as we are, someone who are from the outside of our circle of community, someone who don't speak our language, in fact, someone who are under privilege, they are strangers and foreigners. Now, Pastor Dan has preached a powerful sermon on compassion towards the foreigners last week. No? So, go and check it out after this service, right? Now, in Romans chapter 2, verse 11 says, God does not show favoritism. He's judging the Jews and the Gentiles equally. God is judging us equally. Let me tell you, it doesn't mean that because I am a pastor, God will close one eye when I did something wrong. I am accountable before God for my actions. Therefore, we must reflect God's justice through our actions. Loving our neighbors is the unpayable debt that we all need to bear for the rest of our lives. Amen. And if you say you love your neighbor, do not hold justice. From them. Verse 4 and verse 5 deals about how we should treat our enemies and their belongings. God told Moses and the Israelites that they must show mercy to their enemies by helping them, returning their ox or donkey or anything that is valuable to their enemy, and help their neighbor when he needed help. Now keep in mind that we are not talking about pets. No, no, it's not about pets. We're talking about a man's livelihood. His ox or his donkey were beasts of burden. work animals who contributed to the survival of his family. Now, it would be a cruel thing indeed to allow a stray animal to continue to go astray. We are showing our love to our neighbor, not only by giving justice, but by showing mercy to them, even when they don't deserve. You know why? Because, number one, it is God's commandment. James chapter 2, verse 13 says, There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when He judges you. Amen. Number two, why we need to show mercy to others? God has been merciful to us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5 says, But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us a life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, and because of that, we ought to be merciful not only to the people whom we like, but to our enemies as well. This command to do good for your enemy was important it showed that goodness and kindness in Israel was not only required for those, uh, one, uh, those who they like or love, but it's required for those who come across their path. You might say, Pastor, I don't need this command to, you know, to love and then to, to show mercy to my friend. I love them. Yes. But you know what? This command is necessary also for the enemies you know, and the people who hate you. The principle was clear. How you feel about someone does not determine right and wrong behavior towards them. So in other words, whether you like that person or not, you must continue to love him or her. So so these, these are the principle of justice that must be observed above our feelings. Now, let's go back to verse 4 and 5. In our modern world today, Ox and donkey can be any vehicle or equipment or any possession that belongs to us and uh, things that is important to our daily lives. Let me give an example. Let's say you have an annoying neighbor, okay? Just an example, okay? A neighbor who probably likes to make loud noise in the middle of the night, you know, disturb your sleep, and a neighbor who sometimes park their car indiscriminately. Do you have that kind of neighbor? Now, so let's say one night you saw someone trying to break into your neighbor's car. As a human being, you know, someone who like, have, don't like your neighbor, you would probably just watch and you might think that, yeah, he deserved it. No, but as God's people, as followers of Christ, do not forget that we all love to our neighbor. We must call the police and warn our neighbor. Now, that's just one simple example. Are you catching my point here? Yeah. Matthew 5, chapter 43, 43 to 44 says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And do you guys notice in verse 43, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Wait, hate your enemies? Now, no in the Old Testament can any such verse be found. In fact, Jesus is actually not, Jesus is not quoting the Old Testament here. Instead, Jesus was quoting what must have been a popular proverb among the zealots. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. That is to say, you know, for the zealots, love your fellow Jew. Uh, so that's considered their neighbor. But hate the Romans. Now, notice that Jesus does not say it is written. As he often usually when whenever he quote the Old Testament, he will start with it is written. But rather in this passage, he said, you have heard. By which he meant the Jewish tradition that had grown up around the Old Testament, something that has become an ideology among the Zealots. Now, the truth is that God wants us to love one another, including our enemies, I know the feeling when you see someone who hurt you suffer and fall. You might feel yes, you know Padan muka dia, you know he deserves it, but remember proverb chapter thirty four verse seventeen says, "Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. No friends, the death of love that we have to." to unbelievers and believers is not because they have done anything for us, no. The death is because Christ has done everything for us when we did not deserve it anymore than the world deserves our love. When Christ loves us freely, when He gives His life for us, when He takes away all our sin and guilt and condemnation and guarantees for us of lasting joy in Him, And all this, when we were his enemies, we become debtors to all men. Paying off debt is a hard work. It requires discipline. Now, it's the same with debt of love. Except that you never will get it paid off. You'll never get to the point where you can honestly say, you know, example, uh, I love my wife as much as I should I don't need to work at it any longer. So I'm done, you know. So I I already love enough. No, it doesn't work that way. The reason that it is difficult to love others is that it always requires self sacrifice or self denial. To pay the unpayable debt not only involves our feelings, but it also involves our actions. So, church, we know that through his laws. God wants us to love our neighbor with unconditional love. This is the debt of love that we owe to the people around us. Give justice and mercy to those who need. Loving our neighbor is the unpayable debt. We must continue to pay our debts as long as we live. My question to all of you today, are you paying your debts? Are you working at paying the debt that you will always owe? the death of love for others? Are you making the effort to sacrifice your comfort and convenience to meet the highest good of others? I'm going to close with 1 John chapter 4, verse 19-21. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet has a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God. Whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Hallelujah. Wherever you are right now, today's sermon is for all of us, including myself. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Allow God to reveal to us the real condition of our. Maybe all this time we didn't realize that we, we were holding back our love for the person we were supposed to love. We failed to give justice and mercy to those who need it. We forget that we owe to our neighbors the unpayable debt, which is the debt of love. Would you come humbly before him and repent? Confess your sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the love that you've given us through your son, Jesus. Help us to continue to love our neighbors, including our enemies, just like how you have loved us. Forgive us because there are times when we neglect our responsibility to care for the people around us. Lord, I pray, Lord, wherever we are right now, Lord Father, minister to us this moment. Help us, Lord Father, to love our neighbors, to show justice, to show mercy to them. So, church, pray that God will continue to renew your heart. Let Him teach you to love other people, to love your neighbor, to love your enemies as how. Love all of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The C D song. With all, our hearts, with, all our minds, with all our souls this love you've given us for all the world to see Lord we will love with all our hearts with all our minds with all our souls this love you've given us for all the world to see Lord we will love with all our hearts with all our minds with all our souls this love you've given mercy Lord just before we end our service today let me just pray for all of you and raise God's blessings upon your life Father God I pray in this season Lord Jesus you continue to bless your people bless all each and every one of us of the members of SIB Life Lord, bless the families Lord bless the, bless the parents Lord Jesus bless the children of Father God I pray Lord for God bless those who are working as the students of Lord Jesus, I pray that in whatever they do Lord Jesus, they will continue to be fruitful Lord Father God. Lord, may your Holy Spirit continue to guide them Lord Jesus, be with them, your angels surround them Lord Father God, day and night Lord Father Lord I pray that give them your wisdom Lord Father God, so that in every decisions that they make Lord Father God, they will always honor you, they will always put you as the center Lord Father. Thank you Jesus, Protect them from any harm and sickness and disease. Continue, Lord Father God. Prosper them, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Father, in everything that they do, they will continue to glorify your name. Thank you, Father. May your glory continue to shine upon them, Lord Jesus. May they continue to increase, Lord Father. May they continue to be a blessing, Lord Father God, to the people around them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. And all those people say, Amen, amen. Come on just give God a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's it all for today. And don't forget, join us every Wednesday at 30 p.m. for We Pray. And on Saturday, 8 a.m. for We Pray. And on Sunday morning, at a.m. as well. You now for one hour, we're going to worship together yeah, uh, before we start our Sunday service. So have a blessed day. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to live podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.